We meet today in Psalm chapter 94 to Psalm 100. Psalm 94 is actually a call upon God to intervene against the wicked. But I would like to talk about this whole series of Psalms. Psalm 94 to Psalm 100 form a series of Psalms that tell a consecutive story. These seven glorious Psalms are kingdom songs celebrating the reign of the Messiah. They celebrate the reign of King Jesus in the millennial kingdom. They are a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ and his reign on the earth following the great time of tribulation and all the troubles that comes upon men during that period. And now Psalm 94 is a call upon God to intervene in righteousness against the wicked. It is a cry from the remnant in the time of trouble preceding the kingdom. Listen to this. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs, O God, to whom vengeance belongs, shine forth. Psalm 94, verse 1. Many people say, Oh, if the Lord would only come. Well, he is coming, my friend. But he is coming on his schedule, not mine or any man's schedule. He is coming on his program. Then when he comes, he will take care of all those things that cause us a lot of suffering. For the present, he simply says, take my hand and walk in faith. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. He will repay. He will take care of the things that upset you right now. He will take care of the things that upset the children of God right now. And he will put them right. There are a lot of things that need to be straightened out. And when he comes to the earth again in power and great glory, he will make things right. But in the meantime, we are not to avenge ourselves. We turn those matters over to him and we know that he will do a fair job. Understand, you senseless among the people, you fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, shall he not hear? He who formed the eye, shall he not see? Psalm 94, verse 8 and verse 9. You see, once again, God is speaking to the stupid and the foolish man, the senseless man. Remember, God is spirit. He does not have ears like we do, but he hears. He does not have eyes like we do, but he sees. The sinner down here on the earth seems to think that he is getting away with sin. God sees, God hears, and he is able to keep a record of what man does here. My friend, there are only two places for your sins. Either they are on Christ or they are on you. If they are on Christ, the judgment is past. If they are not, you have only judgment to look forward to in the future. Those who are in Christ have the glorious prospect of life with him. They look forward to that day which is coming. If you have not yet given your life to Christ, you will have to stand before God in judgment, in judgment. You see, he hears, he sees, because he is the one who formed all of these. If I say, my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. Psalm 94 verse 18. You see, the psalmist says, 
I would have slipped, but God held me up. He has brought on them their own iniquity, and he shall cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord our God shall cut them off. Psalm 94 verse 23. You see, that psalm concludes with the confidence that God has had, and because he has had, he will respond and he will judge the wicked. I'd like now to treat as a one subject, Psalm 95 all the way to Psalm 99. We see these as songs of joy, but put them in context. They are the millennial songs. Psalm 95 is just a delightful hymn of praise. Verses 1 to verse 3 say, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. Then he worshipped God again as the creator. And that is evident in Psalm 95 verse 4 to verse 6. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Isn't that wonderful? It is just a blissful psalm of praise. Psalm 96 is another wonderful psalm of praise when the Lord Jehovah, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, shall reign over the whole earth. And so the psalm just praises him. Listen to this. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Psalm 96 verse 1. I mean, we have already seen that this new song is the song of redemption. The book of Revelation says we will sing that song of redemption. Here we have idolatry mentioned again. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. So he is to be praised. Idolatry is referred to here because the millennial will end all idolatry. There are men today who think themselves wondrously wise by turning to all kinds of religions, to all kinds of superstitions and idol worships. Well, may I say to you, my friend, that the day will come when atheism, when deism, when polytheism, when new age movement, when all forms of syncretistic tendencies and all cults will be done away with. Why? Because the Lord is greatly to be praised. Give to the Lord all families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Psalm 96 verse 7. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ will fulfill prophecy and end idolatry and banish Satan. Then all creation will rejoice. So that psalm is very fitting. And you read verse 7 saying, Give to the Lord all families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. 
Psalm 97 is similar to Psalm 96 because its message is joy to the world. The Lord is come. Listen to this. The Lord reigns. Let the multitudes of the isles be glad. Psalm 97 verse 1. You see, this is not a hymn of Christ's first coming to the earth, but it is a hymn of Christ's second coming to the earth. Listen to this. Let all be put to shame who save carved images, who boast of idols, worship him, all you gods. Psalm 97 verse 7. You see, gods here should be translated angels as compared with Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6 we read. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. So again, this is an invitation to sing a hymn for Christ's coming. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. That hymn should actually not be sung on Christmas because that hymn is a millennial hymn. Psalm 98 is the second stanza of the new song of worship, you see. Psalm 98 verse 1 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. Then Psalm 99 is a song to the king whose throne is a throne of grace and mercy. Psalm 99 verse 1. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. You see, my friend, this is another great psalm of praise to God, the mighty one. If you haven't formed the habit of praising God, you should, my friend. If you are going to heaven, you had better tune up today and practice because you are going to spend a lot of time praising him in heaven. And the best place to tune up is down here on earth. We are going to come to a psalm that says that the Lord is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You see, that psalm looks to the future when we will praise him during the millennial kingdom. It is not the millennium yet, but there is no reason why we should not praise him today. Do you know why we should praise God? Because he is wonderful, he is faithful, his loving kindness endures forever. He will always be good to me, he has always been good to me, he will always be good to you. Doesn't this do something for you, my friend, to cause praise to come out of your mouth? Then I move on to Psalm number 100, that is the chorus of the hymn to him now. Psalm number 100 is the chorus of the hymn to Christ. This psalm is the grand finale, if you like, of that wonderful little cluster of the psalms that began with Psalm 94 and closes with Psalm 100. In this section, we have seen the Lord Jesus Christ as King. Jehovah is king. In Psalm 93, we saw that the Lord reigns and he is clothed with majesty. That was in verse 1 of Psalm 93. This phrase speaks of the future and the time when the Lord Jesus will come again to the earth. The first time he came to the earth, he did not come in majesty. He is coming to the earth the next time, as we are told in this psalm, 
clothed with majesty. Psalm 94 verse 1 begins, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs, or O Lord God, vengeance belongs to you. When the Lord Jesus comes to the earth again, he will make things right. We could not do it because we would be vindictive. The Lord will not reign that way. He will vindicate, but he will not be vindictive. Psalm 95 begins, O Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Psalm 97. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Psalm 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done great things. Psalm 99. The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. You see? That is a cluster that is now being given its doxology, as it were, in Psalm number 100. We come to the great doxology. This is like the hallelujah chorus at the conclusion of the series. It is a glorious finale of this very precious cluster of Psalms. Listen to it, my friend. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Psalm 100, verse 1 to verse 2. You see, God does not want you to come before him to worship with a long face. He wants you to be happy. Let's tune up and get ready to worship the Lord. It is true that we need to come before God while we are sorrowful for our sins. But once we are forgiven, we come before God rejoicing and happy. So you hear, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. You see, that includes everybody. That is a universal praise. There is a time coming when the entire world will be able to sing, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Save the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now, this is a wonderful psalm of praise. Praise him, worship him, glorify him. We ought to praise God more. We ought to worship God more. We ought to come joyfully into his presence even more, not with long faces. This psalm is like a great doxology. There are many doxologies in the word of God. Believers can sing. The one in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. God has been good to us and he has given us all spiritual blessings. But some of us do not avail ourselves to those blessings. We are keeping them in cold storage, waiting for a rainy day. Well, it's a rainy day today. Regardless of how bright the sun is shining, start using the blessing God has for you. Here is another wonderful doxology in the first chapter of Revelation. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us king and priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That is from Revelation 1 verse 5 to verse 6. The whole world is called upon to shout aloud their praises to the Lord and sing the mighty hallelujah chorus because in that day, the whole world will know him.
in this next verse, there is something quite interesting. There is the homogenizing of God as the creator and even the redeemer. Psalm 100 verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. And not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You see, there are a lot of people who do not know that the Lord is also God. Many Christians are not aware of this fact. In the early church, when the first persecution broke out, the apostles came back to the church in Jerusalem and reported what was happening. Their report moved the church to pray, and they began their prayers by saying, Lord, you are God. Acts chapter 4 verse 24. Now that is important. He is a good Lord, but he is God. Do you believe he is God today? There are many Christians who act as if God is not God. That statement has implications. He who has made us and not we ourselves. You see, God is the creator. We ought to worship him because he is the creator. He made this universe and he's going to run this universe according to his own rules. Not only do we worship him as creator, but we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. How do you become a sheep? Well, you must be redeemed. You must be born again. This is a case where a shepherd died for the sheep. The sheep did not die for the shepherd. What sheep are being talked about in this psalm? Well, the sheep that this psalm is talking about is Israel. The Lord is their shepherd too. The Lord Jesus told them that he had other sheep that were not part of the flock of Israel. And he said, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is John chapter 10 verse 14 to verse 16. The Lord Jesus is the shepherd of Israel. He is also my shepherd. He is also your shepherd if you belong to him through the redemption that came through his blood. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. This is the way God wants you to come into his presence. Some people do not come to church with praise in their hearts. They do not come to the service with thankfulness in their hearts. They do not enter the gates with thanksgiving. If you go to church on Sunday to worship, make sure you go with thanksgiving and praise in your heart. If you fail to do that, you are not going to be very helpful to your church either. Psalm 100 verse 5 For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. I don't know who you are, or why you are, or where you are, but I do know that God is good to you, and he is good to me. He has been good to me. Oh, how good he is. His mercy is everlasting. 
he hasn't run out of his mercy. Perhaps since he extended so much mercy to me, you thought he has exhausted his supply. That is not so. He hasn't. He has a lot more left for you. His mercy is everlasting. Like the flower in the barrel belonging to the widow that Elijah helped, it never runs out. His truth endures to all generations. My, what a great sum of praise this. And we can sing together. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. A blessed Savior we have. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.